Robert Crash Craddock is on the line. Crash, good morning. This is a sports show, my friend. <laughs> good on you, Ray and Dean. Yes, I'm enjoying the chat. It's uh, It's been a big night, hasn't it, with the Australia winning in the cricket, South Africa, the rugby, the the sport, the vibrant sports scene never stops. Yeah, well, we'll go straight to the, the ODI World Cup at 388. Dino raised the point earlier that 388, even five years ago, you put the queue in the rackets, game over. But these days, teams are so well attuned um, to for run chases, particularly on these roads they're, they're playing on in India. New Zealand, all credit to them, got within five runs and made a real game of it, Crash. Oh, they did, Ray. And you know what? It gave the World Cup something it's been desperately missing, and that is a close game. Mm. I think in the first half of the tournament, there'd been one close game. And to me, it is true. Teams can chase well, but I also feel that they've struggled to get used to the rhythms of the 50-over game. And that's why when one team sails away... Uh, the other one can struggle to, to keep with it. But New Zealand were brilliant. Mm. Uh, and I know, we, you know, let's start by giving praise to Travis Head and Warner. I mean, their opening stand was just damn-busting cricket. Mm. Of, of, of a one for 175 after 19 overs, you just don't get that sort of statistic in a World Cup mm. against the top team. They won it from there, but gee, New Zealand were good in the chase. Rach and Ravindra, 160. How good is he, Rach? How good is he? Well, he's an interesting. His dad was Indian. He went and settled in um, uh, in New Zealand, and, and they, of course, named his son Rachin, uh, a combination of Raul Dravid and Sachin Tendulkar, and okay. coached him from a young age. And he was. I, I, I have to say, I didn't realise how good he was. I knew he was good, but he just to, to quote Ricky Ponting when you're having a big run chase. The great players, they never lose their shape. They never look as if they're. They're swinging themselves off their feet. Gosh, he's got some style about him, Ray. Hasn't he? What? Good morning, Robert. How are you, Dean? I'm very, very well. Sometimes Robert and I get quite formal. Why? (laughs) Oh, we go back a long way. A lot of respect there, isn't there, Crash? We do. Back to the 1980s. I I always remember uh, a time when the late, great Paul Malone was uh, writing a story for our back page, bagging the Sydney press... And you rang up to go out for dinner, and um, and Scob actually said to you, oh, actually, I'm in the process of bagging you. What's, I, I'm almost ready for dinner. What's a word I can use? And you can say, oh, mate, just say petulant or something. And petulant. All right, I'll pick you out the front in 20 minutes. <laughs> but, but Great the, man, Scob. Great we man. had, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, like across the border, firing shots, all good fun. Yeah, yeah they were good days, weren't they, Crash? They were good oh, days. Yeah. Crash, I don't know what I'm more excited about. Aussies winning four in a row and barnstorming toward another World Cup. All the palms just mm. crashing and burning before our eyes. Mm. I have to say, in a way, England are the biggest story. Running down near last in the table, one win, can't get out of their own road. And this is a team, Dean, who not only won it last time, but they back, their, their number 10 batsman, Adil Rashid, has scored 10 first-class centuries. And yet they're the, 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 in five games, they've been bowled out all five times. Like, it's just... Oh, it's staggering. Oh, if you said to me, give me no bleak reason why the Poms have been horrible, it's... I, I think that 50-over cricket over there has just vanished almost from their priorities, given that they've got the 100. But also, in the last couple of years, they've played 
30. They played 50 tests, I think, in three years. And Australia's played about 34. And, and, and they, they've asked a lot of their top players. And I think they've sort of almost hit the wall together, Dean. It's, it's just been remarkable watching them go downhill, isn't it, Crash? Um, they've got that game against India tonight, as you said. Mathematically, there's still a chance. If they lose tonight, though, it is all over for England. But back to Australia, and I, I want to go through a couple of things with you, Crash. We were talking about Travis Head earlier. You can bat him anywhere in the order, but uh, that opening partnership, as you quite rightly pointed out with Warner last night, was just something to behold. He's a real key for Australia. The other key is Adam Zampa for mine, because our pace bowlers are struggling on these roads. Zampa's taking wickets. He's taken 15 wickets now in four games. He hasn't got much support, though, Crash, and we're a spinner short, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, both good points. Quickly on Travis Head, I really believe he's a victory for Pat Cummins' captaincy. I mean, he'd been... Australia had tried all sorts of things over the years to get the best out of Travis. They took him off the contract list. They promoted him up and down the order, mm. but Pat Cummins took him aside and said, just let you be you, mate, and we'll cop the good, we'll cop the bad, just go and fly. And since then, he hasn't looked back. I mean, he's came good selection too, I have to say. They kept faith with him with his broken hand. They let him recuperate in Adelaide, which I didn't love, but he's got back and he started with 109 of 67 balls. It's extraordinary. But it. Ray, the thing is, over the years, you and Dean Ritchie would be old enough to remember a fleet of South Australian left-handers like Darren Lehman, mm. Wayne Phillips, and, and guys like that uh, that were ex- excellent players but never quite fulfilled their potential, whereas this guy, he's, yeah. he, he said, I want to break that mode. I, I want to be the guy. Wayne Phillips is another one. There were three really good players. None of them played more than 30-odd tests. And finally, there's a South Australian left-hander Hooksy. who's got I think that he, flair. But David Hooks. You think well. of David Hooks? David Hooks. Yeah, yeah. David Hooks yeah. is the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, so you've got Hooksy, you've got Phillips. And Lehman. Uh, yeah. You've got Lehman. And, and they all have that similar tone, whereas this guy can go above, above and beyond that because mm. they just let him being him. So he was terrific. Your second point about Adam Zampa, yeah, I think we're half a spinner short. Yeah. And if you're in the, we probably got to beat India to win this trophy, and they'll come in with you know a couple of spinning options, and it just could be decisive. But he is doing a good job. He's slowing the game down when it needs to be slowed down. Mm. Now, Crash, I'm really worried, and I wrote about it last week about Test cricket, which I love mm. and which I think we all mm. base our stats around a player's Test uh, record. But with the emergence of 2020. The, the what's the word? The future of Test cricket worries me, Crash. We've only really got two marquee series now, England and India. And I just hate to think we wake up one day and it's slid so far, Test cricket, that we can't rescue it. Am I having false fears? No, no, no. I, I have the same fears. Look, if you said the, the glass half full argument, Dean is that while India like Test cricket, it will never die. India will continue to play England, and they'll continue to play Australia and the top nations. But it's the next level down that it's just going to be stripped there. It's because to play Test cricket, you've got to have a four-day competition at home, like the Sheffield Shield, and that costs a fortune, so they all lose money. So nations like 
Sri Lanka or are struggling. But if you said to me the single greatest statistic that makes me worry about the future of Test cricket, it is that wonderful nation, South Africa, yeah. who have just won a Rugby World Cup. They're down to play in the next four years. I think it's 25 tests. Like, it's just nothing. It's like, like mm. And they're your barometer team because mm. they're the team that could either go up or down. And we all know what they brought to test cricket. Gosh, with the likes of Dale Stain and these guys... But, but they could fade quickly, and that worries me. Yeah. That's, they're the team that really worries me. Uh, Crash, uh, Michael Clark was talking in the week. He made a really good point. He said that uh, your MS Dhoni and, 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 and Sachin <laughs> were big test superstars. Uh, superstars, but test advocates, where Rohit Sharma, the current mm. captain, isn't. And if the current captain isn't going down that path, then how many of the officials will follow? Mm. Fabulous point. Because the tone in Indian cricket is so often dictated by the captain. I'll, I'll go one, one further down for the line. Virat Kohli, I, after he won the series, captained India to victory at the Sydney Cricket Ground, he sat there and gave the most beautiful tribute to Test cricket. He said, you know, we talk about one-day cricket and T20 and it's all got its place. He said, but nothing, but nothing for me meets this it matches the stresses and the sophistication of test cricket and i walked out of that press conference thinking so long as Kohli reigns in india test cricket is safe but he's gone now from the captaincy and you're right rohit sharma is primarily white ball that worries me a little bit but i still feel within the fiber of indian cricket there's a lot of affection for test cricket and we must cherish it because mm. see we think Oh, Test Cricket, MCC and Lords and all that. No, 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 no. What, India, who creates 80 cents out of every dollar in cricket is raised in India. And as Bob wow. Dylan always says, money doesn't talk, it swears. So while India likes Test Cricket, it'll survive, but it's got problems. Yeah. Dylan also said times are a-changing, Chris. <laughs> you got me, Dino. But, but then you have a, an Ashes series like we've just had, which was compelling cricket from the first Test through to the last. We were touring Europe crash and I was just glued to my phone <laughs> during yep. the sights of Europe because every ball, something was hanging oh, yeah. on every ball. It was just phenomenal cricket. Hey Crash, I want to talk about a couple of other sports, but just quickly, um, who, win, who wins the World Cup and why? Oh, I think India will beat Australia in the final because I think it'll be a turning deck at, uh, and, and I think it'll be hard to, hard to beat them. But Australia are armed and dangerous, and they're in the semi-finals basically now, so they can relax and get there. Oh, I like the way they're coming together. Mm, mm. It's a long journey too. You almost don't want to peak too early. Let's not forget that the South African team who won the World Cup, they're actually beaten by Ireland in the prelim. So you don't want to be perfect all the time, but Australia's coming to the... Four very, very nicely indeed. Yeah, Bart Cummings type prep, I reckon, Crash. Hey, Crash, um, for our Queensland listeners, um, it was tough grand final weekend with the Lions and the Broncos both losing games that they could have won, to be fair. But I think going forward, you've got two football sides in both codes that can be challenging for premierships as soon as next season and beyond. Your take, Crash? My take is... Uh... That, that's that's one theory, and I agree with it. But I like Jonathan Thurston's quote on it. He said, it will do something to these teams getting so close. They're both in front with five minutes to go. Mm. It will either rouse them to great heights next season, or it could just could really undermine them and haunt them. 
I, I know several players who lost when Jonathan Thurston kicked that field goal in 2015. Broncos players who say to me they still uh, have uh, haunting memories of mistakes they made in the last two minutes, and it will live with them for life. So sometimes you're almost better in a grand final to be beaten by 16 points. Mm-hmm. But but I think the Broncos. Those I've seen a couple of them around town, and they are still shattered. I know Pat Carrigan was terrific last night, but 16 points up with 20 minutes to go, you just don't lose from there. You just, just don't. And Dino, <laughs> hey, Ray, oh, I'm doing well to be still with this because we have these frantic rewrites at the end <laughs> where even Pete Bedell, who's the best deadline man I've ever seen, he said to me, oh, mate, I can't do this job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, Crash, it was great theatre. I'm, I'm just thinking with the Broncos, we go back to 2022, that fade out back into the season, losing out in the finals basically in the last week after being top four all season. That would have burned over summer. They came out, they played some brilliant football this year. I reckon they can bounce off that. They're a young side with so much to look forward to. Hey, um, but, but, but One last yeah, thing, right? Yeah. At some stage, if they're going to do it, they've got one more season with Adam Reynolds, and yes. then who's your next premiership yeah, halfback? Good point. And it's so important. Yeah, good point. Reynolds is the orchestrator. Hey, Crash, I did want to talk to you about Paris for a couple of reasons, Rugby World Cup in a sec, but next year with the Olympics, and um, look, I hope you go because you've covered so many Olympics and you always do a great job, but the, the situation in the Middle East at the moment, and indeed throughout Europe. I know sport and politics don't mix, but the, the world's in an uneasy place at the moment, Crash, and I just wonder how this is going to impact Paris in at the Olympics in 2024. Yep. Well, as we found when Tokyo Games uh, were postponed for a year, it, it, it's a bit like you, you, you go full steam ahead, absolutely mm. full steam ahead, and then if there's any cancelling or deferment to do, that, that comes at the last minute. But you cannot be half-hearted. You've got to... It's like when those chief executives, when they say, the coach, you sack them until you back. You back them until you sack them. Yeah. And that's the same with the Olympics. I, I, I think this one will, will go through. I know we're all aware of the, the crisis, the Palestinian crisis in Gaza. But I, I do think that uh, seven or, or ten months out from it, 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 it will happen, and I think it's got the potential to be one of the really good games. They, Paris put in for several games before they got these games, and they learned a lot about hosting, and uh, they're determined to put on a really good game. So, mm. I, 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 And I think it will be, and I think the Olympics needs it, to be honest. Tokyo was a good games, but it was COVID-corrupted. Yeah. Rio was pretty darn average. So I think it needs a really invigorating Olympics, and it probably will get that, mm. I'd say. Crash, just going left field on you a bit here. On Twitter during the week, it just flashed up an over that Malcolm Marshall bowled to England. I don't know when it was. It would have been 20 years ago. My goodness. Unplayable. We forget how good he was. And when you go through the Andy Roberts, uh, Joel Garners, the Kirtley Ambrose, the Michael Holdings, all superstars. Yeah. But Malcolm Marshall. And adding to that, Crash... How sad it is when we see the Netherlands at the World Cup and Afghanistan and no West Indies. Mm. It's almost yeah. heartbreaking, yeah. isn't it? Well, it is. And your statement about the fear of Test cricket, that, that's a, I mean, that's very much a part of it. Mm. They can't even make the 50-over thing. And, and the white ball stuff is their strong suit. But you've got to remind yourself, Dino, they were undefeated for 15 years as a Test nation between 1980 and 1995. 
I I had a little bit of uh, felt pins and needles when you talk about Marshall because I love him so much. And I've always held this theory, Dee, from speaking to a lot of people in cricket. If you put every statistic in the game in a computer and every opinion and you evaluated every performance, your top four fast bowlers, this is, and this is just my opinion from everything I've heard, four would be Dale Stain, three would be Dennis Lilly, two would be Wesley Macram, and one, by a considerable margin, would be Malcolm Marshall. Wow. Now, room for Glenn McGrath crash? No, I reckon he'd be about five or six, but I just think that uh, I, I, the thing about Malcolm Marshall was that he could swing the ball at pace, and all the guys who faced him, like Alan Border, said he was just a nightmare. Mm. You know, and, and you know they used to call him Turbo, coming off a short run, died young, died in his early forties. Oh, but just a, like one tribute to him, he came to Australia as coach when he retired, and he was thirty-eight, thirty-nine. And I watched him in the nets, and he was bowling beside Kurtley Ambrose and um, Courtney Walsh. Yeah. He was by far their best net bowler on tour even though he was nearly 40, what a to the point where Batsman had to tell him, just ease up on the swing, please. I'm nice. trying, to, trying to get my confidence. Unbelievable. And he you averaged know, about 21, didn't he? Taking yeah. 300 wickets. 370 odd wickets. Yeah. You know the Aussie bowler who reminds me a little of him, Crash, was um, Ryan Harris. Yep, yep. Just that little Skidding short through, bulldog yeah, run up yeah. to the – a little charge up to the yeah. crease, wasn't not it? Not as yep. fast as Marshall. No, and not as good, through, but I'm yeah. just saying in terms of that little – Bulldog charge into the into the popping crease. Well, well, it's funny you mention him because there's a bit of a theory in cricket that there's two really underrated fast bowlers in Australia of the last thirty years, and incredibly, they played the same number of tests, took the same number of wickets at the same average, and the names are Ryan Harris and Bruce Reed, the big wow, tall yeah, West Australian. Yeah. And now I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's something like tw- twenty three tests. Uh, or, you know, it, it's a bowling average of 23, and, yeah. and they took just over 100 wickets. But incredible, isn't it? Like, yeah. But, gee, when a fleet of players retired for coach Darren Lehman, Michael Clark, and a lot of others uh, around 2015, Lehman was asked a year later, which one did you miss most? He said straight away, oh, Ryan Harris. He said he's just one of the most underrated bowlers of, the, of his era. Oh, injury played, sadly, yeah. but very, very good. Very, Here you go, Crash. 27 tests for Ryan Harris, 113 wickets at 23.5. Yeah, That's great. pretty special. Yeah, good numbers. Good you numbers. look up Bruce Reid now, and uh, I reckon it's identical. Probably so. While he's doing that, just finally Crash, as Dino checks up Bruce Reid, we've got the Windies coming out this summer to play test cricket. What, what, what were we expecting? Well... Uh, they're playing two tests. They're playing in Adelaide and Brisbane. Brisbane under lights. Not much, to be honest, mm. because I think they're a team which, uh, you know, as I said, their five-ball cricket is not good, and then they stay for white ball, 50 and 20 overs. But all up, I think the best test of the summer could be Australia v Pakistan, first up in Perth. It's just they have got some really good fast bowlers. They've been very average in the World Cup. And I reckon a little bit unfit, mm-hmm. but they, they'll, hit, they'll try and choose a fleet of fast bowlers and hit Australia with a kitchen sink in Perth, and you just never know. That'll be the test of the summer. Yeah. Just before you go, crash Bruce Reid, 27, same games, yeah. 113 wickets, wow. same amount of wickets. Uh, his average is just a touch uh, out from 
uh, Ryan Harris. He was 24.6, but still, still an outstanding numbers. average. Yeah, still great numbers. So there you go, Crash. I'll throw one more of that underrated list, Crash. Stuart Clark. Yeah, I thought you were going to mention Stewie. 90, 90-odd wickets at about 23 as well. So yeah. I reckon you could add Stewie to that uh, list. Yep. Do you know what? A- absolutely. And he, he just was – he grew up sort of with – it with in Brett Lee's shadow, was he? Yeah. And Brett was sort of the the, the the handsome, debonair, cavalier sort of guy. But, geez, his numbers were good, Stewie. And, and a good, sensible practitioner, too. Nothing really ruffled him. I, mm. I, I, I liked him as a player. I did hear a story early in his career when, they, when he was bowling and he took his shirt off in the room and, and he looked very much like the accountant. And they said, when he works hard and gets fit, he, like, like, when the the system sort of catches up with him a bit, he'll be terrific, and he was. He was outstanding. Yeah, he certainly was. As you were, as always, Crash, really appreciate you coming on on a Sunday morning talking about a wide range of sports and particularly cricket. We love it, Crash. Enjoy your Sunday, mate, and we'll talk soon. Pleasure, Dean and Ray. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Robert. See you, Dean. Bye. <laughs>